0: In a world on the brink, the difference between war and peace was one honest man. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Bridge of Spies. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And today we're covering Bridge of Spies from 2015, starring Tom Hanks and directed by Steven Spielberg and Ooh. written by the Cohen brothers.
1: Wait, really? I didn't know that.
0: Yes. Matt, huh. I think Matt Sherman was one of the writers, but the other two were Joel and Ethan Cohen. Nice. And I feel like their influence definitely stands out in the screenplay.
1: Yeah. So this is the third part of our sort of Cold War 60s spies, well, early 60s. So continuing on this thread now, although technically the movie takes place in 1957, but goes through a number of years and ends finally around 1960, if I recall. Mm
0: -hmm. I remember when this movie came out, Mm -hmm. I remember that it looked kind of generic (laughs) and that Tom Hanks was the big selling point Mm. and never really had any interest in seeing it. But I did always mean to get around to it. So I'm glad we had the opportunity this time.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I did want to see it. I just never got a chance to in theaters, unfortunately. But Mm -hmm. I'm happy to watch it now. All right, so let's uh, start with the synopsis from IMDb. During the Cold War, an American lawyer is recruited to defend an arrested Soviet spy in court and then help the CIA facilitate an exchange of the spy for the Soviet-captured American U-2 pilot, Francis Carey Powers.
0: Which I hope will be a familiar name to those mm-hmm. of us listening to the show he's sort of an infamous name mm-hmm. before I started watching and reading this. I knew that he wasn't really well regarded, but not too much else about him.
1: Yeah. I knew that he, you know, got captured and the plane wasn't destroyed, but I didn't know why. And at least as portrayed in this movie, there's seemingly good reasons why. Mm-hmm. And you, I guess you can tell us in our spy fact for spy fiction section whether or not those reasons are true,
0: absolutely. So let's just jump right in. As always, this will be a spoiler-filled synopsis and opinions about the movie. And if you want to pause and go watch it yourself, I found it on Amazon Prime, though I did have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be on a streaming service by the time this comes out. So we begin. It's 1957, and the movie is inspired by a true story. <laughs> we don't not need just to go a true story, this again. true events. Oh, that's even worse. Just <laughs> when I thought it couldn't get worse. Fired by true events. We meet Abel, Rudolph Abel.
1: hmm Played by yeah. Mark Rylance.
0: Am I supposed to know who who Mark Rylance is?
1: He's basically been uh, Spielberg's sort of go to guy for his last like for almost the last five, ten years in terms of you know his movies. Uh, he was the aforementioned BFG. Well he's the titular BFG in the movie BFG. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's been in a lot. Of, he's been in a lot of stuff.
0: Okay. So we meet him. He is painting in his apartment in New York City. Mm-hmm. He gets a phone call and the camera pans across all of this like electrical sensing equipment of mm-hmm. some sort. Mm-hmm. He goes for a walk and the cop, one of the detectives from The Wire follows him.
1: <laughs> is that is it really? Yeah. The guy from The Wire. I didn't know. Well,
0: <laughs> he, he's one of them from The Wire. There are admittedly a lot of cops in The Wire. Right. Those of you who have seen it would recognize him they follow him they lose him they find him again
1: yeah so he gets on the subway and yeah and they they lose him the crowd as he gets off on broad street Mm -hmm. and what made me like kind of laugh over at the spy museum they do these uh surveillance 101 classes led by eric Mm o'neill uh who is if you if you've listened to our podcast he is the guy played by ryan philippe in uh what's that movie Breach and breach. But yeah, so and so I have not taken it, but one of our friends has taken it and he made the exact same mistake that uh, the cops did. They lost the target going down into the subway or into the metro, I think, and then couldn't find him and then like ran into them and, and got burned. Oh, geez. But so it's was, all
0: it's all yeah. surveillance on foot then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: that seems like an interesting thing to be teaching just random people to know.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like you can, wow, well, there's probably some sort of legal disclaimer that they give you when, when you take that. But yeah, so that just made me laugh and think about that because that, that literally happened to a friend uh, who took the class.
0: Maybe it's more common than you'd think.
1: Mm-hmm. So then
0: in the next part we have Fisher or I'm sorry, I think of him as Fisher because that is his like American cover identity, mm-hmm. but it's Abel. So Abel.
1: Uh, they, oh, is that from the book? Yeah. Cause I don't think I ever mentioned that in the movie.
0: He has like four names in the book but okay. the, and the most common one is Fisher. Fisher. So Abel. Yeah. Yeah. So Abel is painting and he's, he's painting and it's a dead drop. He like reaches mm-hmm. under the I, bench. I
1: like that. I like that. So he's, yes, he's painting and very, mm-hmm. like I was like, I was watching him cause the camera's panning across his easel and down. I was like, all right, where is it? What's Where is he hiding something, something. And he just very subtly reaches underneath the bench pulls out mm-hmm. a nickel.
0: Yes. And it's not just any nickel. It's a nickel that it contains a piece of paper inside of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, it's like a, it's like spy gadgets for five <laughs> minutes. You've got mm-hmm. tons of spy stuff in this movie that may not be your conventional spy movie. But forget that.
1: <laughs> so oh, come on, it's got spies in the title at least.
0: That's that's fair. So, <laughs> so, okay. So he gets arrested. The g Man break into his apartment. He's in his underwear. He doesn't have his, his false teeth and they keep calling him Colonel.
1: Mm-hmm. And the men who were following him, we find out are from the F are agents of the FBI.
0: hmm. And Abel, it's totally believable as the guy who has no idea what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they say we need to search room. He said, okay. Um, can I clean up my pallet though? If you know, if I don't put them away properly, all the pants will be ruined. I said, sure. Mm-hmm. I was, sure. As I have a rag, let me, let me just do it. And as he grabs the rag, he very sneakily grabs the paper with all that he was that was hidden inside the, the uh, nickel.
0: And this is ridiculous. It's the <laughs> worst example of police mishandling evidence from when in Star Wars, the Empire didn't blast that escape pod out of the, out of the sky. <laughs> when you're raiding a place that has illegal stuff, they always will try to dump the cargo. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Abel did here. No, you don't get to clean up. You're under arrest. (laughs) Anything in this apartment could have been evidence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he gets taken away. And then we finally meet Tom Hanks as James Donovan.
1: Yeah. So he's in a bar with, uh, and he's talking with another lawyer arguing about insurance claims. And and I didn't think this was actually come back to, like this was well-written because it talks about, Mm -hmm. you know, to how... You know, something may be happening to two parties or more than one party, but on the other, from the other perspective, it's only happening to one party. There's only one incident. It's like I'm not going to pay attention to this. What does this have to do with anything? But well, it comes multiple... back in the end.
0: Yeah, there's multiple takeaways from this scene. So first of all, it's very hmm. Coen Brothers. <laughs> it even reminded me of them before I knew that they had written it. It uh-huh. also shows that he's a lawyer. Right. I guess they could have just told us that he's a lawyer. But then finally, quick tangent. So when I first moved to D.C., I didn't know anybody. I mm-hmm. went on a ski trip with a bunch of lawyers. You, okay. don't, know, you don't know any of them. You never met any of them. But right. this is how they would talk. <laughs> it's like the back and forth crossfire. And they said fair all the time.
1: Yeah, well, we do know a few, have a few mutual friends who are lawyers. And yeah, they talk like that
0: too. <laughs> so it must be a uh, a professional trait. Yeah. So I was like, this scene is funny. Is this movie supposed to be funny? <laughs> I don't get it.
1: I don't know if we mentioned it, but when they're talking about the case, they're talking about insurance claims, which gives us a hint of what kind of lawyer Jim Donovan is. And mm-hmm. not what we, not what I was expecting when I, when I knew that he was going to be the one handling this case. I'm like, all right, why why is he talking about insurance?
0: Right, and he himself is confused when he's asked by his firm to defend. I almost said Fisher again. To defend Abel. <laughs> Abel, yeah. Yeah. They point out that he served at Nuremberg on the... On the prosecution, prosecution side, I almost but... forgot the word prosecution. <laughs> the prosecution.
1: But he hasn't practiced criminal law in years, is what he says. Yes. But their argument okay. for why he has to do it is that it has to look like it was proper. It's, you know, he got a proper defense...
0: Mm-hmm. And no, also, they don't, they don't, they don't seem to actually believe that though.
1: No, it kills me. That it's all about appearance for them really. Is that not that he actually has a proper defense, but has to look like he has a proper defense.
0: Well, of course, that's the whole, that's sort of the whole thing the first half of the movie is about mm-hmm. is the first half of the movie is not a spy movie. It's like a legal drama <laughs> where it's all about, as we said in the inner world tagline, <laughs> that tom hanks is the one man standing up for what's right mm-hmm. a brief thing is we meet his assistant dog yeah
2: what was Doug? the point of that
0: <laughs> well it, it comes back so dog <laughs> is like he wants Doug to help dog says he has a date james says cancel it and they, they they get to work all right
1: so completely you know apropos of nothing was the date di- at first i thought the date was going to be with his daughter and then she and then because she got stood up and i thought they were going to like I didn't know how much of the family was going to be in, th- in this. So I was like, all right, are the are the assistant and the daughter going to like start dating or something?
0: I, I think the implication when she says, I got stood up, was her, she was on a date with Doug. And then he uh-huh. had the camera So I, I don't think she was literally stood up like she was at the date place and he didn't show up. I mm-hmm. think she's saying it because she's resentful towards the dad for making Doug want
1: Maybe. I feel like they should have made that a little more explicit because like they never have the two actually interacting. If that was the implication.
0: It may have been an editing thing. Movies constantly do this. Even movies that we've covered is they have like these sort of half formulated ideas that maybe were intended to bear out better Mm -hmm. and then just don't follow through with it for one reason or another. Right. They're all at dinner. The daughter's there. She's resentful. Doug comes in looking like a character, from like a, like a screwball comedy because he has his arms <laughs> full of bucks.
1: Yeah, So, and one of the things we kind of glossed over is the fact that uh, Jim Donovan real- realizes that if he takes his case, he is going to be reviled by everyone because mm-hmm. they're wondering how, why he's defending a Soviet spy. I feel like any time we bring up the Cold War, we say that this time period is the height of the Cold War, but I feel like the entire Cold War was the height of the Cold War, really.
0: Well, certainly there are parts that are colder than others.
1: True, true. But at this point, especially when... I feel like this is probably... Well, no, the Rosenbergs were before this already, so Mm -hmm. it's not the first Soviet spy who was uncovered, but maybe the first in, like, New York City.
0: Definitely the biggest. Yeah. And wasn't this pretty close to the Soviets testing H-bombs?
1: Probably. I mean, well, especially with... Later on, we have one of Jim's sons, Roger like Mm -hmm. has sees this uh what is it the video and we'll get to it in a bit about atomic weapons
0: and you know what else was going on and this is not in the movie at all but it was in the book was the space race
1: that makes sense 57 so that's uh prior to the yeah sputnik was 57 now year was sputnik i should know this i I
0: don't know the year but but it's around there yeah so they have sputnik they have dogs going into space they have
1: uh like uh
0: yeah they have the berlin wall going up as depicted in the movie so so things are a lot of things
1: happening yeah at dinner his wife uh jim's wife thinks that he's only considering taking the case not that he's actually taking the case but doug of course ruins all
0: that yeah, which is Cohen Brothers. we are not <laughs> taking it? No, we're not taking it. Oh, we're taking it. Blah, 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 you know, like the the quick stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. who plays Doug? Because he, like, I I recognized him, but I could not remember what his name was. Oh, Billy Magnuson. That's why. Who's he? Well, he he what's he been in? Well, he is in the new Bond film, film which hopefully by the time this comes out will be coming out soon.
0: Or we'll have already seen it. No. Yeah. Okay. So. They take the case. Then he goes to see Abel in prison. Mm-hmm. Abel describes the CIA interrogating him, trying to turn him against his country.
1: And I had a have a great line here, reading out all the charges against him, and says that he's an you know unregistered agent of a foreign power. And he and Abel says, "Do many agents register?"
0: And then later they have a similar exchange where he says, "You could be facing the death penalty. You don't seem alarmed." And Abel says, "Would that help?" So, meanwhile, we have we meet Francis Gary Powers Mm -hmm. and his friend, played by Jesse plements
1: I've recognized him, shows up
0: everywhere. (laughs) And And so, they're in a
1: motel room, yes. And uh, Gary Powers is connected to a polygraph Mm -hmm. and is being asked questions of, Are you an agent of a Soviet of the Soviet powers? And actually, no, that's the only question I remember. Do you remember any other questions he was asked?
0: No, I don't remember other yeah. questions. But that's certainly the, he has certainly has the biggest reaction to that one. Mm-hmm. And already we sort of see what the way that the movie is trying to depict him. Mm-hmm. Depicting historical figures are very tricky. But he, <laughs> I get the impression, maybe you disagree, that this movie's depicting him as like a well meaning but kind of dopey guy.
1: Mm, maybe a little. I mean, well, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily see it as dopey, but it's definitely like, yeah, you're all sort of an all American, but not necessarily the a rocket scientist, someone who will follow a good soldier who will follow orders. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but not a good soldier and like a like a tough Captain no. America. Like, I can't imagine him like charging a bunker.
2: <laughs>
0: it's OK. So they're back in their hotel room and he's recruited to be a collector. Those Mm -hmm. of you who know your spy terms is someone who goes and gets intelligence, Mm -hmm. but not like any other spy the world's seen before Mm -mm. as a reconnaissance pilot, Mm -hmm. he gets told that he can't be shot down Mm -hmm. or captured.
2: Right,
1: right.
0: And then finally, they say, you work for the CIA now, which I do not think was true. Oh, so I having read the book, I really ought to know this for sure. But I think he (laughs) remained working for the Air Force the entire time. He just provided information to the CIA.
1: Interesting. Okay. And so next we get a scene uh, with Jim meeting with the judge and opposing counsel and uh, Donovan wants to postpone because he needs more time to review the case gets Mm -hmm. denied. And it's because basically everyone's like, why we just need to give the appearance of a good defense. You don't need to actually really defend him that much.
0: Everyone in the United States, it seems wants to just send him up the river and forget about him.
1: Not just forget about it. They want to hang him.
0: Yeah. Well, either way, they want him gone as yeah. soon as as soon as they possibly can, and don't care too much about how that is accomplished.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So then Donovan leaves. He's being followed by a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. The CIA agent wants to know what Abel has told him. Mm-hmm. There's there's a funny line here where Donovan says, "Don't look at me like that, you son of a bitch." <laughs> something like that
1: yeah and there's a good speech about you know what makes people american talks about his last name you know how he's donovan's irish on both sides of the CIA agent is german and Mm -hmm. that really the only thing that makes them both americans is constitution
0: yes and now this is like munich where they have a political point and they just keep saying it. <laughs> he says it at the dinner. Or he says it to the partners. He says it to his family. Now he's saying it to this guy and he will say it to more people before the mm. movie is over. <laughs> we get it. All
1: right. Oh, come on. Movie audiences are like children. They need to have that point hammered in.
0: No, I don't. I don't.
1: I don't think that's. True, oh, I right. believe that's totally okay. true.
0: <laughs> so we go back to powers and he gets to meet the article. Mm-hmm. Which is what they call the U2 spy plane.
1: Yeah, so I think when they're introducing it, it's the only time they call it the U2. And after after that, is they, they even say, you can refer to it as the article. Mm-hmm. So it's got a cruising altitude of 70,000 feet, uh, has three 45,000 millimeter lenses,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: a, an array of other instrumentation.
0: And it is also flimsy. Mm-hmm. Because every pound of weight loses like a thousand meters of... Well, maybe not that much. I think it's one pound of weight on the plane loses like a foot of uh, like yeah. of altitude. altitude. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, he's your job is to go and search for missiles. Mm-hmm. They go back to the judge talking with Donovan. The judge is not very sympathetic to Donovan's point of view about anything, really.
1: Yeah, but um, he makes a pretty good claim that uh, there was no warrant to search the hotel room.
0: Yes, it's like a law and order episode. <laughs> and you're like, if, if you don't know your history, you're like, oh, no, is he going to get out on, on technicality? Because mm-hmm. he's definitely a spy. Right. Unless it's like some crazy conspiracy theory. We see him <laughs> with secret information. We saw the dead drop.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So there's no like audience ambiguity. where like, oh, maybe the audience doesn't really know what's going on. It's not those kind of that's not that kind no. of thing. <laughs> I do like how when they go into the courtroom, they say all rise, and then it cuts to the kids standing up to do the pledge Pledge of
1: allegiance. Yeah.
0: That was clever. And then the kids learn about nuclear bombs. And here's Uh. a chance for me to to address a misconception. Oh. Which is perfect. This is a a great opportunity for me to talk about something that's been bugging me. (laughs) So, you know how people talk about the duck and cover drills in Mm -hmm. the 1950s? Yeah. And and they're like, oh, my God, people in the 1950s were so dumb. Like, if a nuclear bomb was dropped on your school, hiding under your desk won't save you. Mm -hmm. What a bunch of morons telling their kids to hide under the desks as if that'll make a difference. Right?
1: Yes, go on.
0: People do say that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I maybe was about to start making fun of it.
0: Yes. Yes. But the thing is, people in the 1950s were not idiots. They know that if the school was in the blast radius, yes, mm-hmm. the school will be destroyed and everyone in it will die. But what about the schools outside of the blast radius? Mm. In Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which fortunately are the only examples of nuclear bombs being dropped on cities, the mm-hmm. outskirts did have people killed or injured by flying glass, hmm. flying debris, Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, which ducking and covering would help with. All right. So they knew what they were doing. Okay. In that's the point I'm trying to make here.
1: All right. all right. And that's believe that is very fair. I did enjoy that in the video, be like Roger. He's ducking and covering and Roger's a turtle who has gone back into his shell.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I also like how it seems like every movie we watch about nuclear weapons has the same test footage. In. <laughs> yeah one of the house getting blown over. Mm-hmm. I used to remember where that was from. I think it's from the Soviet union actually.
1: Really? That's fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So then having seen that Roger Donovan goes to the bathroom and starts becoming like a doomsday apocalypse prepper.
1: Mm-hmm. Filling up the water. He knows all the details about, all right, first thing happen is the power will get shut off and water will get shut off, so we need to have a supply of water in, in the tub. He has a map that he's drawn out of the blast radius if they hit Washington, D.C. or where... Oh, no. It was not Washington, D.C. It was the Empire State Building. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And his father <laughs> is like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to worry about that. And the kid says, why not? And he doesn't really have an answer. Mm-hmm. Because of course, back then it was a very real possibility. Yeah, I guess he could have said because you're a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have seem like a reasonable answer to me, but whatever. Jim, um,
1: I think it was either the bus or the train, mm-hmm. and people all around him are reading the paper. And he's—it's in the paper that he is defending Abel, and so everyone is just looking at him with scorn. So again, it's hammering in that point that everyone hates abel and they hate him seemingly jim seemingly as much because he's defending it
0: it was really very accommodating of the paper to publish a picture of him the mm. lawyer as well as the defendant
1: yeah. is
0: this also the part where someone shoots at his house or is that no later? that's
1: after that's after
0: he gets jewelry looks and then they find abel guilty mm-hmm.
1: which i found like Actually, I was so completely surprised. I thought given the way this movie was going, I thought we were going to go into full on like courtroom drama and actually see all the arguments, and everything else. But it goes, it jumps straight to the jury's pronouncement saying he's guilty on all counts.
0: Yeah, which is why you think this movie is going to be a legal drama and then mm. it's not. I mean, not really. There is legal drama in it, but. We're only about the first quarter of the movie or so, and he's already yeah. found killed.
1: And we get a meeting with Jim and Abel in the jail cell.
0: Mm-hmm. We talk a little bit about his background. He says, my wife plays harp in the children's orchestra.
1: Mm-hmm. And Abel tells him the story about the uh, standing man, which ah, I meant to write down what it what, what it translated to in Russian.
0: Yeah, I don't have what it translates to, but while you're looking that up, the story is that Mm -hmm. there was a guy, these border guards were giving him a hard time. Every time they hit him, he would get back up until eventually they just stopped hitting him. They were like, this guy is too much. We can't break him. And of course, the obvious metaphor is that Donovan is like this guy who keeps getting punched.
1: He's your Captain America. I can do this all day.
0: Yeah. Though, of course, enduring dirty looks on a train isn't exactly the same thing as getting punched in the face over and over again.
1: True. Uh, here we go. It's a in music, which means standing man. Yeah.
2: All
1: right. So later, Jim plays a house visit to, to the judge and mm-hmm. talks to him about sentencing and Jim is trying to talk him down from the death sentence. Says it's in the best interest of the U.S. Because what happens when? And it's not. It's not if. It's when one of ours, when a spy gets caught, and we have no one to bargain with.
0: So he effectively predicts that there's going to be a swap later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So then we go to a sentencing hearing, and Abel's given thirty years. I thought he was going to get a life sentence. Well, I mean, given his age, that may have been a life sentence, but still.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's a difference
1: it. in I don't know what the one when you say that when you say thirty years versus a life sentence. There's this there's something more impactful about a life sentence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially this is controversial given that the Rosenbergs were just hanged not mm. that long ago for the exact same crime. Yeah. Uh, well, not the exact any-
1: same crime because they're not because tr- they were U- uh, U.S. citizens and they were traitors as opposed to him who's a spy. So it's a it's a there's a difference, I would
0: say. It's, it's a slight difference. Yeah. But, if, but okay, that's, that's true. So there's an outburst in the courtroom. Everybody's mad because they wanted to kill him.
1: There's one guy shouting, like, why aren't we hanging him?
0: Yeah. And then and there's
1: yeah. a mob of reporters outside who are trying to mm-hmm. get anything they can. And Jim says that, you know, we have, we'll have grounds in the appellate court. And his boss is, like, pissed off, as is his wife, and saying, what are you doing? what did you know you're done you don't need to keep appealing that's it yeah
0: yeah it's like dude enough already mm-hmm. but i and i said as an audience member too it's like yeah we get it okay <laughs> he has to get his fair trial it would have been nice to have seen the trial to know if it was actually unfair mm-hmm. but whatever i also liked in the part with the reporters that on the ground there's like all these flash bulbs mm-hmm. just on the carpet i don't know how historically accurate that is but.
1: Uh, I don't know, but it has a, it's good imagery.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So th- next is we have the shooting at his house. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite a drive by shooting, but there's gunshots at his house. The da- same daughter from before is at home. She's watching TV. Yes. And when the cops show up, there's a huge, there's like a pretty big crowd for this mm-hmm. like suburban house. And one of the cops like gets in Donovan's face.
1: Yeah. And is does like, doesn't understand why he's still defending Abel.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is very unprofessional behavior by that cop, I must say.
1: yeah, and no, it's inexcusable, but it is understandable given the hype and the tension surrounding all of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but it's completely inexcusable, and yeah, and the movie portrays it as such. Jim and Abel meeting again in the cell in the cell, and you know he brought over radio to so he listen to music, and Jim tells him that he wants to bring the case up to the Supreme Court. Right, and Abel is you know telling Jim to be careful, you know. And actually, I think this well, actually it have been
0: before the year. I think he's it's like, before because hey, then that makes it yeah. worse. Yeah. of course, of course they do exactly like you said they would.
1: And then we go to back to U two training with uh,
0: with, with powers, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: and so they're talking about how if they need to bail out, there's a self destruct function, but it's presumed that they will go down with the plane. Right. Unless they are close to a border and they know they can get out. And if they do get out, they're supposed to take the silver dollar with them. And inside the silver dollar, there is a pin, which uh-huh. has some poison on it. And they scratch if they scratch themselves anywhere, it'll take effect.
0: And the death will be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. They, or so they say. Okay, so we go back to the Supreme Court. Supreme which was, Court.
1: I'm going to... <laughs> When I saw this, I'm like, that's definitely not the actual Supreme Court in D.C. Because if you look to the right of the screen, there's a tall building. And there are no tall buildings next near the Supreme Court, like on the mall.
0: Nope. <laughs> but it definitely was the Supreme Court of the United States, not like the Supreme Court of New York. There's uh, too many Supreme yeah. Courts.
1: Yeah. It said, well, on the screen, it says Supreme Court of the United States. I'm like, is that supposed to be the one in D.C.? That's it's Yeah.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that this case did go all the way to the one in D.C. Okay,
1: so it was just a bad filming location.
0: I think so. All right. So then in this part, someone references the Cold War. And mm-hmm. I I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh. They never refer to things by their names while <laughs> they're actually happening. Yeah. So did, like, did you I, look it up? I, so, oh, hold on. I'm getting it. Oh, yeah. All right, so, all right. So you know how in Pearl Harbor, one of your favorite movies... <laughs> I think it's it's Cuba Gooding Jr. who says, I think World War II just started.
1: No, no, no. It was not Cuba Gooding Jr. It was one of the no-name soldiers.
0: But it was in Pearl Harbor. It was in that
1: movie. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that is laughable, (laughs) obviously.
1: I enjoy that.
0: (laughs) But but then I went and looked it up. And what I found was that people were using the term the Cold War from like 1945 up through the 1950s and beyond. All right. All right. I mean, maybe not capital T-C-W. Yeah. But was like,
1: a Cold War.
0: Yes, between yeah. the USSR and the USA. So it All actually right. makes sense and it actually works.
1: <laughs> that is funny. All right. I like how when you make these explanations, you like to take a dig at my movie choices.
0: Well, come on. You like Pearl <laughs> Harbor, you like set yourself up for it.
1: I, I have a soft spot for that because I lived in hawaii near pearl harbor
0: yeah that's not something you're going to find from a lot of michael bay fans is their reasoning for that
1: <laughs>
0: so powers is in his mission he's on his plane he's yeah we flying. see him
1: actually taking off so i really sh- should have looked this up before and this is going to be one of <laughs> one of these recurring things in this
0: mm-hmm. so
1: how far what is the edge of space
0: i do not know what the edge of space is but it sure looks like he's there yeah like, that's,
1: that's that's what i'm getting to is like it looks like he is just on the edge of space basically
0: mm-hmm Hence the need for that big suit.
1: Um, hmm 100 kilometers or 62 miles. ah uh, why do we use the why don't we use metric? <laughs> what is 70,000 feet? All right we're looking this up now because I need to know. Uh, it's 13 miles. oh so not not at the edge of space, but still pretty high up.
0: Yeah, so he, he's taking pictures using this targeting computer that looks like something out of Star Wars. <laughs> but then, suddenly missiles like come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, that was I was surprised by that. I actually did not remember why, like, if he got shot down, if there was a mechanical failure, why he went down. I just remember he went down, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Tries to reach the, the detonator self-destruct button.
1: Yeah, he primes it, and yes. is about to pull the switch, and then he gets blown out of his cockpit. And I thought Mm -hmm. he was just going to get swept out right there, but he's still connected by a tether. I think his, like, oxygen line or something. And so he uses that to climb back into... It's a very tense scene. As far as great, It's crazy. He climbs back in, and he's right about to hit it again, and then his line breaks, and he Mm -hmm. falls away from the plane.
0: Well, Yeah, it's like he falls down, and then the plane, like, falls past him. Well, that's Mm -hmm. after, after he pulls the chute, the plane, like, falls past him. So it makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I thought it was going to be like, and then we're back in the U S we don't, mm. we don't find out what happens to him.
1: Able will mm. find here's about the, uh, well, first about a downed weather craft North to Turkey um, in the news. And then mm-hmm. also about what the ruling of the Supreme court is. And it was apparently a five to four vote supporting the initial ruling. So they don't get their appeal, mm-hmm. but back at the office, Jim is being shut out of cases. It seem seemingly people have, are, I get pissed off at him because he took the case and is still defending him. And so they don't want to let him do any other business, yeah. but he gets a letter from East Leipzig. Berlin.
0: Yeah. Leipzig.
1: Leipzig. Yeah.
0: Which is I in East Germany.
1: I, I didn't realize I was in East Germany.
0: <laughs> I guess so. And it's supposedly from Abel's wife, but they seem mm-hmm. to not believe that that's actually true.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure why.
1: I mean, well, because his wife, wasn't in East Germany. I think it was the main tip off.
0: But like, how would they know that?
1: Well, he would know that. Well, uh, Abel would know that.
0: Okay, whatever. So then we're, we cut back to Soviet Union. Its powers is in prison and mm-hmm. is on trial, and mm-hmm. he's found guilty in this totally over the top court. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean it's it's a show it's a show trial,
0: and it's a heck of a show. Mm-hmm. So when they find him guilty, the whole crowd stands up and starts applauding at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's also crazy. But that's yes. all I have to say about that.
1: I mean, it's 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 definitely trying to contrast between all right, the between the previous trial with Abel and you know, what's shown in the Soviet Union. Giving this real, is, I mean, audiences nowadays, especially, you know, people us are, our age or younger, we don't really have that context for the Cold War so and the differences between us and Russia or the Soviet Union. So trying to give us that real context of just what it felt like
0: but the thing is they're both found guilty so how (laughs) is it a contrast and then also in america they're like yeah let's let's send them let's book them dano it seems like both both sides wanted their guys to be found guilty so it's not i mean there yes there's a contrast but it's not a large contrast it's like the contrasts are just superficial
1: okay all right
0: you know but i mean it's not like it's an undeserved criticism of the u.s system at the time okay so Donovan meets with Alan Dulles mm-hmm. of the CIA. You may also know Dulles International Airport. Is
1: it? Is it named after yes,
0: him? Yes, I'm fairly certain. And <sighs>
1: I think this one may have a, a, rec- a new record for the most things we look up during the show.
0: There was some earlier episode where we were looking up things like, all. it may have yeah. been Fleming.
1: Mm, it was later than that. But anyways, uh, no, it's named after F- John Foster Dulles, who was the Secretary of State under Eisenhower.
0: Jeez, do you think they're related? How many Dallases are in
1: there?
0: I don't know. Okay, so this Dulles explains mm-hmm. that the Soviets would like a prisoner exchange of powers for Abel, and they mm-hmm. want Donovan, well, maybe not the Soviets, somebody wants somebody. Donovan to negotiate the swap.
1: Mm-hmm. But the only way this works is if the Soviets don't know that Abel hasn't talked. Basically, if they think he's still ready to talk then they'll mm-hmm. take him back. But if, they, but if they think that he has already talked and given all the information, they don't really want him back. So it's, all, it's a balancing act.
0: Right. Of course, we as the audience know that he hasn't talked. and mm-hmm. Nobody really seems to think that he will talk anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You just have to convince the Soviets that's the case.
1: Yeah. And so we, they start talking about how uh, the deal will get negotiated in East Berlin. And, you know, Jim's a little dicey, because it's kind of a complicated situation over there.
0: Yep, the CIA is predicting the wall is going to go up at any time. Mm -hmm. It's great radio on history because you can have your characters be really prescient. (laughs) They just predict stuff and then it happens. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Aren't they the greatest? He agrees to do it. Sorry,
1: yeah. He agrees to do it, but he can't tell anyone, not even his wife.
0: Yes. And he he said, what what should Abel do? And they said, tell him not to drop dad. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so we cut to Berlin, and the wall is starting to be built. Yeah. And you see people climbing over the wall, and there's this kid on a bike who's going you know, around the wall watching it go up, and he goes through the wall on a bike. And he's got an American accent, and he wants his girlfriend and her father, who is a professor at the university, to, to leave with him. And so as they're mm-hmm. going... Seemingly, just the, him and the girlfriend are going on a, on bikes, and it goes to the wall where he went through, and it's been filled in. And he's trying to distract the guards away from his girlfriend, so he's starting like talking to the guards, and he gets taken by the Stasi. And his oh. dissertation, his only copy of his dissertation, gets taken away.
0: So that's, of course, is in an era before computers. Mm-hmm. And that was an enormous thesis. Mm-hmm. Must I have mean, been most theses
1: are.
0: It must have been at least like 200 pages. Oh. And he would have had to have typewritten
1: mm-hmm. it himself. They had carbon paper in those days, right?
0: I mean, it had to have been <laughs> typed one way or the other, <laughs> regardless of Well,
1: I'm copies. saying if he had typed it with carbon paper, he could have had two copies.
0: <laughs> wow, two. Wow. <laughs> so I really liked everything with the wall because it mm-hmm. really captured tension. Mm-hmm and desperation
1: and just seeing that yeah. one big block go down over where he had come through it's like oh mm-hmm. this is this is not good
0: yeah the part of the people climbing out the windows
1: mm-hmm.
0: was that was really good
1: yeah so he gets taken away oh, wow taken away we don't see what happens to him
0: well yeah he gets punched in the face and then oh, arrested.
1: that's right yeah
0: which is, which is very helpful
1: we next go to jim packing his bag he lies to his wife about where he's going mm-hmm. um he says that you know his firm has offices in in london he's going to a fishing trip in scotland and his wife doesn't believe him but you know wants him to just tell him tell her something so she doesn't worry and then we get a nice big title card saying berlin which signifies that this is really the spy part of this movie
0: that's true and it doesn't say west berlin or east berlin because the u.s at the time did not see it that way Mm
1: -hmm. so jim arrives in berlin he meets mr mishner his escort who's an attache from the consulate and also Mm -hmm. some another guy who was this isn't supposed to be the same cia agent from before is it i don't think so okay so i did we ever learn this guy's name the main guy
0: yeah i think it's in the book but Okay, I, I well, I just refer statement. to him
1: as agent the whole time. Although, technically, if he's CIA, he'd be officer. But yeah, I'm just okay. going to call him agent.
0: <laughs> Stop showing off.
1: <laughs> Apparently, the last letter from Mrs. Abel mentioned mm-hmm. a lawyer, Mr. Vogel, who was representing her interests. Presumably, everyone's Soviet, but no one knows who is who. And this is when they start mentioning that they might uh, want Jim to accept a different hostage, Frederick Pryor, who was a student from before. And right. Vogel also represents Pryor. Mm-hmm. And, and they've got a meeting set up at the Russian embassy in East Berlin at noon the next day.
0: Donovan's like, oh, gosh, what's going on? I'm not, I'm not ready for this. They also yeah. have a couple things. Where he's, when he's talking to Mr. Agent, mm-hmm. he says, is there any outcome here? Why I'm not detained or
1: shot? <laughs> yeah. So they, they give him. So he has to go over without an escort. Mm hmm. And this is where I find out something which I found interesting because again, I don't I didn't grow up in that era, so I didn't have a context for it that at least at this point in time. So the East German agenda and the Russian agenda might not be the same thing.
0: That's correct. Yeah. Which is so interesting. hmm oh, Is really that sarcasm
1: like that. or not? Okay. No, okay. no, I'm not being yeah. sarcastic. It, okay. it is
0: it is interesting. Yeah, because
1: in my mind it was always, all oh, right, they're basically a puppet for the Russians.
0: Well, they don't want to think of them. I mean, they are, but they're yeah. not going to admit it. Not mm-hmm. even to themselves, I don't mm-hmm. think.
1: Yeah. but it's it just- why it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. Uh, so they bring Jim to his hotel. It's come pre- pretty rundown. And Mr. Agent gives him a phone number to memorize. And then so he, like, he takes it, puts it in his says, No, no, memorize it now. And then, like, after he memorizes, it burns it up.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And they have to memorize the map, too. Agent tells them, all right, don't interact with anyone. Don't have a map. Don't interact with anyone because they'll think you're a spy.
0: So when you watch movies and characters Uh are asked to memorize things, Uh do you ever try to memorize them as well? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we weren't shown the the thing here, -hmm. so we couldn't try to memorize it. But, yeah, it's the same thing like that. And, you know, when characters hold their breath in movies underwater, you'd want to see if you can do it, too.
0: That seems like such a fool's errand, though, because they just cut. So you Mm -hmm. you can have a character stay underwater as long as you want. It's a movie,
1: unless it's Tom Cruise.
0: Why? Oh, because Tom Cruise actually does all of his own stunts. Uh Exactly. There's no way he did that stunt in Fallout, where he was it Fallout, where he did the swimming, or was it the other one?
1: Rogue Nation. And he did. He actually had to hold his breath even longer than the scene required.
0: Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. No, he's he's
1: insane and amazing. And, but this is not a Tom Cruise podcast yet, but <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the movie.
0: Okay. So in the movie we see prior and he's in the Stasi prison, also known as Ah, nice,
1: I think nice. I said that
0: correctly. <laughs> and I went there, Ooh. I went to Berlin. So oh, when cool. we, when we post this, I'll put some pictures up on social media. Mm-hmm. So, Prior got one of the nicer rooms. Uh the, what he actually got in real life was nicer than the one that he got in the movie. Mm-hmm. But even in the movie, it was nicer than some of the what he could have got.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: there mm-hmm. were cells that like didn't have beds where you just had to like stand. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And you weren't Ish. allowed to lean on the walls. And there was oh often like water. I won't go oh. into details. If, I mean, you don't want ar- <laughs> yeah, to be arrested by the Stasi. <sighs> back then
1: and so Pryor's girlfriend is asking about him as well and trying Mm -hmm. to see you know asking what's going on with him how's your german i so i don't think we haven't talked about this yet um a lot of times when they're speaking german or russian there are no subtitles so you have to get it all by context and maybe what german few german or russian words you know i I appreciated that
0: i like it when movies don't treat their audience like they're dumb (laughs) <laughs> or rather, it's the reverse. I hate it when movies treat the audience like they're top. So in cases mm-hmm. like this, where you can sort of figure it out from context, I like that way better than subtitles.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I liked it because you're also seeing it through your your viewpoint is Donovan, and so he speaks some German, but maybe seemingly, but not a lot. So you can get a little bit mm-hmm. and probably not a lot of Russian. So yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. So Speaking of Donovan, we have a scene where he cuts the line <laughs> to get into East Egg.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that worked.
0: Me too. Well, this is such a thing that people love to do in movies, mm-hmm. where a character is told not to do something, and it immediately goes and does it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it's so frustrating as a viewer, but I think it's to be like, our character's so cool, he doesn't play by the rules, he does what he wants. Because I don't know? think
1: that's the case in this, in this one instance. I think it's really because... He had a meeting at noon he was he didn't realize there'd be a giant line, which mm-hmm. maybe he should have thought about and you know if, if Vogel, who he's supposed to be meeting with, doesn't work for the embassy, so he doesn't not, he's not sure what the setup is, so he's like and if he's he thinks if he's gonna be late for this meeting, that might be it, and then the whole song his whole thing is done,
2: yeah. so
1: it's a, it, there's a reasonable you know, but still yeah, he does go right to the front of the line, goes up to the officer to the. People at checkpoint, they check his papers and they let him through because so, he says that he has a, an important meeting at the Soviet embassy.
0: But, like, this is how Americans get reputation <laughs> overseas. Okay? It's like demanding special not, treatment. Well, not demand. demanding is a little bit harsh, but asking okay. for special treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but gets he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, like immediately <laughs> when he meets this gang.
1: Gang of Berlin miscreants who yeah. are, we don't again a lot of untranslated German, uh, mm-hmm. but they want his coat, and he doesn't want to get into in trouble. Yeah, he gives yeah. it to them. They get, but they very nicely give him directions to the Soviet embassy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I don't understand why he was wandering this back road like that by himself. Because
1: he's not a spy and can't memorize things like that. Like
0: <laughs> he just has to memorize a phone number. He can memorize and a that. Map. Yeah, that's a little bit harder.
1: Yeah, the phone number, sure. The map, that's harder. Like, yeah, I'll give you an example. Even if I'm playing video games nowadays, where we have to get from one checkpoint to another, I keep having to switch back to a map because I know that. Like, wait, where am I supposed
0: to go? I just follow the big glowy line. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You mean, that doesn't exist in real life.
1: No, sadly.
0: <laughs> okay, so he gives them his coat, and he's like shivering on his mm-hmm. way to the embassy, and there he meets. Abel's wife, in quotation marks, and uh, daughter, in quotation and marks.
1: cousin Drew's.
0: Yes, and he says, I'm cousin Drew's, like, four times.
1: <laughs> and apparently Vogel's not there. The, um, the embassy didn't want to host him. They thought it would be inappropriate because he's a German national. Mm-hmm. And so instead he meets Shishkin, who is the second, secretar- second secretary of the embassy. Read KGB, not... <laughs> Yeah. anytime someone gives a very long title of something innocuous of an embassy, they're definitely a spy.
0: And, and this is sort of where the movie gets kind of difficult to follow, because you're like, okay, who is that, and what yeah. do they want, and who do they work for? And then, we still haven't met Vogel yet, so we can't put a name into a face. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of gets a little bit esoteric. <laughs> but the the scene with the family was pretty funny, especially when, uh, who is his name? Schichtstein?
1: Uh Shishkin.
0: Shishkin Tell, yeah. tells them, like to leave and they just leave.
1: Yeah. And so Shishkin's gonna be negotiating, facil- facilitating the negotiation. Mm-hmm. And Jim uh Donovan tells him all right, you know, well, he finds well, he knows about prior and decides he's gonna throw prior into the DO2. But Shishkin says, you know, he's held by East Germany, not the Soviet Union, so mm-hmm. he's out of our hands.
0: Yeah, nothing I can do about it.
1: So uh, the Soviets want the U.S. to release Abel now, and then the powers will be released nine, a few months later. But but it,
0: but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he
1: wants one to one exact same time, which is yeah, no, that's it, that. Otherwise, they have no leverage. Like in thirteen days, it made sense because they still had the lever- they still had leverage if they did it. But here, makes no sense.
0: Yeah, uh, Donovan also says we need to get off this merry-go-round, mm-hmm. which is correct, and. So they're like, so they put together a tentative plan Mm -hmm. and on the way out, we have a very Cohen brothers exchange (laughs) where Shishkin says, You should really get an overcoat if you're gonna be out here. Mm -hmm. He says, It was stolen from me, and he says, What do you expect? It was from Saks Fifth Avenue. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm not really sure how a gang of East German kids from the back alleys of East Berlin would know which overcoats are from Saks Fifth (laughs) Avenue and which ones aren't.
1: Yes, but But how did Shishkin know?
0: Oh, I assumed that he assumed that rich Americans would have nice over.
1: I uh, do no, know. I think, well, it's implied that basically he has his hands in everything. And this is where you're, you're supposed to get the hint. Okay, I mean, He's just not, he's not just the second secretary of the embassy. He's,
0: he's uh, in. <laughs> yeah, I guess you picked up on that where I just sort of missed it. Mm-hmm. So, nice one. Okay, so the USA doesn't recognize the GDR of the German Democratic Republic mm-hmm. or East Germany. Mm-hmm. But then there's a meeting with I think it's Vogel and Donovan. I don't know yeah. the, all the context we <laughs> we're we're, we're Vogel. I don't really remember the context we okay. where we're Vogel is like, you got a letter from Lydia L- Lydia Abel.
1: Uh, oh, wife. that's what you're talking about. okay. I wasn't sure where we're going with this. yeah, yeah. so yeah, so Vogel, yeah, Jimmy meets Vogel, and well, first of all, more important thing is Vogel actually exists. He's not just a made up person. Which yes. is we kind of had the idea he was in uh, the meeting of the
0: embassy, mm-hmm. and Vogel has like bad guy like written all. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like a total representative, like the face of like communist tyranny. <laughs>
1: yeah, Vogel m- mixes up which uh, which person was. The names of the of Abel's wife and his daughter, yes. which definitely tells you, all right, yeah, this is all a setup and also, yeah, those people were definitely not his actual wife and daughter.
0: And the letter, that was, Drew's. right? And the letter that was supposedly from the wife was probably not from the wife.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, Vogel wants to do a deal for Pryor, and mm-hmm. just like Donovan doesn't represent the U.S., Vogel doesn't represent the GDR. But, you know, and this is all, yeah, this is all, all subtext, All right. Donovan goes back to his hotel room, he gets debriefed with the Americans, the Americans are, well, they're not happy that he's trying to negotiate for prior to.
0: Yeah, well, there's the whole question of, like, he represents his country, but he also doesn't, or he represents mm-hmm. his government, but he also doesn't. Mm-hmm. And nobody seems to have a coherent idea of which is correct and which one is not. Mm -hmm. I do like how he says, you know, spy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That's very Coen brothers. And then they make a reference that everybody hates powers, but they're trying to bring him back anyway.
1: Yeah. And so next we have a scene of powers getting interrogated by the Russians. Mm
2: -hmm. They,
1: you know bring him out of his room in the middle of the night or as he's trying to sleep they show him the dollar which so he didn't use the dollar or it got taken from him before he could use it they're trying to convince him to talk they want to know about the destructor they want to know about the technical specs of the u2 they
0: want to know how how the altitude how high it flies
1: but he gives them nothing
0: Mm -hmm. you also hit him with water at one point
1: Mm. it isn't just
0: harsh language <laughs> and then, but he doesn't seem to say anything in the scenes Mm-mm. that that we see on camera. Meanwhile, Abel is leaving his prison, taking leaving a painting behind, mm-hmm. and put king, on a
1: plane. Yeah, or yeah, said t- is told he's going to be put on a plane.
0: Uh, Shishkin recommends Glenicki Bridge mm-hmm. as a place to do the exchange. The first time the bridge's spies is mentioned,
1: <laughs> you know, three fourths of the way through the movie,
0: right. <laughs> and then donovan is like well what happens when evil gets
1: home? Mm-hmm. shishkin is like well you know we'll make deliberations on and evaluate what information he may or may not have given you know, but also yeah but also the before um what's his, uh, when uh shishkin brings up poliniki bridge or however you pronounce it donovan mm-hmm. asks you know why not checkpoint charlie and they said you know we're not looking for publicity uh the bridge is very quiet and you know it happened without anyone knowing pretty much
0: yes uh, so
1: then donovan meets with vogel and mm-hmm. vogel knows about the deal he made with chishkin so there's no deal for prior the gdr wants to deal with the us directly they want to seat at the table they really want they want to be recognized really is what it is
0: yeah it's all about appearances and like ego donovan goes into like lawyer mode again
1: yeah
0: <laughs> in this scene <laughs>
1: And, you know, Vogel's saying, you know, I have, to, I have a very important meeting. And as they're talking, he's like, goes out to his car. And then he's trying to get, because Vogel's trying to get, to get him out of his hair. And like, oh, where's your meeting? He's like, oh, it's a, in the West. He's mm-hmm. all right, yeah, good. And he gets in the car with him. And they're talking about...
0: They're talking um, about Berlin. They're mm-hmm. talking about big concepts. talking about Berlin. Russians won't let them rebuild. They want them to, to be sad. They want them to stay suffering mm-hmm. because of the war.
1: And as they're going through, Vogel is speeding intentionally, like going, look like, what, 120, 140 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. And they get pulled over. And as they're crossing the border, well, as they're trying to cross the border, you know, Vogel goes through, and Donovan has passport problems and is taken into custody.
0: Yeah, there's a passport problem with the police. He can't communicate with them too well. And then we have Pryor in an exercise cell. So I also saw this at Hockenschehausen. Uh-huh. His and, yeah, they they, they use them for, like, the movie sort of implies he, like, lived in it, but it was actually to give them, like, outdoor time. So I don't know uh, why okay. you'd be there at night. Huh. Also, according to the book, prisoners who were in those cells would, like, throw bits of gravel through the uh, top. uh uh-huh. fences at the top, and I guess they were allowed to do that, and all they would communicate is that someone else is there. Oh, interesting. I guess that's enough. Yep. Donovan is let out of prison fairly quickly. And while he is on the train into West Berlin, he sees Mm -hmm. an escape attempt at the Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm.
1: Which brought to mind uh, the spy who came in in from the cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is like a really good part Mm because it was like filmed really well. And I always think it's interesting in movies where something really dramatic happens and not filmed in a super dramatic way. Mm. Yeah. Where it's sort of distant. Mm-hmm. You can't see what's going on. I say filmed. There were other things about it that were really dramatic, like the music. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the part in The Lion King when Simba sees <laughs> Lufasa's face in the clown. Uh huh.
1: I I do. I know exactly which music you're talking about, and I don't remember the music from this scene, but I can. I definitely feel it in that, in the sense of it. Yeah. Yes. And I did like how seemingly it wasn't a regular occurrence yet, because everyone who was on the train, like once they see it, everyone's like rushes mm-hmm. over to watch it and see, and then is horrified when they're gunned down and it's kind of, it's pretty violent actually. Cause you see like the bursts of blood
0: coming out of the bodies as, as they're getting gunned down. Yeah. I mean, the movie is rated R so you can show that. Mm-hmm. I also think, isn't it earlier in the movie, they say they call it the field of death.
1: Uh, they call it something, but I do not remember it's, what it, it was. Something, something of death. Of death. Yeah.
0: Something of death. <laughs> Absolutely. So he goes From and meets, death, to- maybe. No,
1: I don't, uh, I don't think that's right. It is something of death.
0: <laughs> yes. So he goes to meet with Mr. Agent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Agent says he doesn't care about Pryor. Only Powers. He says, "He says Donovan, don't screw it up." Quote, "Don't be a pain in the ass." Mm-hmm.
1: And the Agent really doesn't see the issue with leaving Pryor. Like, you you got the deal for for Powers. That's all we. That's all we want. What are you mm-hmm. doing? Again, it's people telling. Uh, Donovan, what are you doing? Why are you still doing this?
0: Because he's just that guy. He just <laughs> sticks to his principles.
1: While he was in custody, they got a they got a call on the phone number that Donovan had mm-hmm. saying that uh, Vogel's superior, Mr. Ott, who's the attorney general of East mm-hmm. Germany, wants to meet with him. And, you know, agent forbids him from going, but of course he goes anyways.
0: And there's indoor bicycling.
1: Yes, whatever inside whatever, at. yeah, whatever government building that was. I get assume the whatever, wherever the attorney general attorney general works out of. Which, if you remember our uh, our thirteen days, we also don't know where the, U- the U.S. attorney general works. So, continue a trend,
0: and hopefully we'll never have to find out. <laughs> but I will say that bicycling indoors looks super fun. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do it. <laughs> when I was a, when I was a teenager, I had a job that driving a golf cart. Mm-hmm. and I thought that was great.
1: That's pretty fun.
0: It's like using a vehicle you're not supposed to be using in places where mm-hmm. you don't normally see one.
1: Yeah, and so Ott doesn't want to give up powers. When he, when uh, Donovan mentions powers, he, like, shouts so loud he scares the uh, housekeeping staff or whoever was cleaning up from mm-hmm. the big, like, meeting hall he was in. Yes. And he, like, basically doesn't see the value of powers. He says, you know, he's a, he's given whatever he was going to have given, but... Mm-hmm uh prior he you say he's innocent and he's young and you know has got his whole life ahead of him so you should definitely be taking him right and then of case he gets a phone call and he's I'm sorry i have to take this and he has jim wait outside
0: yeah th- this was the telephone comedy ah, you know, it's like he has four phones and they keep going off <laughs> like something yeah. from an i love lucy sketch i mean it's not that much but i thought that's um, where it was going
1: yeah And so Donovan's waiting outside and apparently Ott had to leave for another appointment so his assistant tells him, tells uh, Donovan that he's gone and he gives Donovan talks with the assistant and gives Mm -hmm. him a message to give to Ott and saying there's no deal for Abel unless we get prior and powers. If there's no deal Ott has to tell the Soviets.
0: Yeah, so he's playing them off against each other.
1: And Abel has not been cooperating because he thinks he's going home. But if he's told that he's might not be going home, he might start cooperating, and Ott will be held responsible. So, yeah, he's it's a very clever trap he's put them in.
0: Apparently, these guys don't read the Evil Overlord.
1: Do you read
0: the Evil Overlord list?
1: I am, but I do not remember it off the top of my head.
0: Well, it's fine, because it's really long. But one of them is, it's like, it's such a classic thing that movie heroes do, where they play the subordinate sphere uh. of the superior off against them like definitely huh. do what they want
2: mm-hmm.
0: like oh you wouldn't want darth vader to hear that you didn't lead me through this door <laughs> so you better do it
2: mm-hmm.
0: it totally works here so then we get they, they walk by a movie theater mm-hmm. this, i guess this is back in west berlin they go back to west berlin yeah and mr agent and donovan are walking by a movie theater where spartacus is playing i didn't catch that uh-huh. along with some German movies. <laughs> and then we have my favorite part of the movie is Cohen brothers dialogue <laughs> where Mr. Agent says you fucked it all up. And Donovan says, I think it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Agent says, well, what if the Soviets decide, you know, forget it. You can keep able and we're keeping our guys in the deals off. Tom mm-hmm. uh, Hank says, well, well then I have know. fucked it up. <laughs> Hi, honey, What's up. It's me. It's I'm home. How's it going? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, uh, yes, the fishing is going great. Oh, yes, I do remember that uh, that one place in Regent's Park where we, where I can get the jam.
0: And then he's talking about his kids, and he's like, is she home? Is he home? Is anyone not busy? <laughs> have they even noticed that I'm not around?
1: Uh, so I this like It's
0: great, but it totally doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the movie. No. Which no. is very serious. So I don't know why they have it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know.
0: We'll have to ask Steven Spielberg next time we run into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so they get the call. The communists, the GDR and the USSR agree to two for one deal. Except. With one little issue.
1: Yes. So Pryor gets released from Checkpoint, Checkpoint Charlie, not at the bridge. Mm-hmm. Because um, the GDR wants to have the last word, basically.
0: But then and they're so, worried that maybe they're going to renege on the deal.
1: Mm-hmm. We finally, finally get to the bridge, yes. the titular bridge.
0: In like and the last 15 minutes of the movie, maybe even less. <laughs>
1: so um, Donovan is a little panicked, he's like, I think they've got snipers there. And mm-hmm. agent's like, yeah, of course they do. We've got snipers. <laughs> and so he like looks over and says, oh yeah, guess we do have them too. Dad's a bit of more tension to the scene. And mm-hmm. so they're waiting for Abel to arrive and they're like, well, he's late. And he's like, no, we're early. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they have Jesse Plemons is back to mm-hmm. ID powers.
1: Yep. So Abel arrives in a car and they mm-hmm. greet each other. And he's like, good to see. Because they haven't really seen each other since. Since the since trial. Yeah, since the tri- since the trial. And also, I don't know that Abel knew all the, 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 that this was all going on. I don't think he did at all. Like he may have gotten a hint because he the last time we saw him was when he brought the letter.
0: Mm hmm. It's definitely not clear. So yeah. Donovan is like, "Well, ha- what's going to happen to you?" Abel mm-hmm. says, "It depends on whether they embrace me or just show me the back seat."
1: Yeah. Abel and Powers arrive on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. We're we hear nothing. They haven't heard anything yet from Checkpoint Charlie. So uh, Pryor has not arrived yet, and they're waiting for him. They're like on opposite sides of the bridge, but you know, well, opposite sides of the middle of the bridge. So they're not at the ends, but they're close to the middle. But they haven't crossed yet. They have the people there to identify each of them, so they take off their hats, and so they can see their faces clearly. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Jesse Plemons, yeah, that's definitely Powers.
0: Uh, Donovan is like, they want to see if we'll go without him. Yeah. That's why it's taking so long. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Agent wants to have Abel go over already. He's like, you know, he doesn't care about Pryor powers is right there let's get him come on go across
0: and yeah Abel, we're really close we made it this far <laughs> we see that we see that in movies and it's always effective
1: uh-huh. and Abel sees I think this is the first time that Abel finds out that uh, uh, that Jim is trying to do another deal for another person as well mm-hmm. and he's so he sees it and again says, or, and he's like yeah so if we're waiting we're waiting you want another guy we're waiting for him okay and he quotes again: "Story the music, standing man, uh, so, uh. <laughs> pay off,
0: set up and pay off." Okay. Eventually, though, at checkpoint Charlie, a car comes,
1: and it's Vogel's car that he'd been pulled yes. over in previously. Mm-hmm. And so Vogel, so Vogel gets out, and so does Pryor. Mm-hmm. And the people at checkpoint Charlie let him know that yes, all right, he's 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 here, and they've put him through across the border and i like how vogel is he goes up to shake the hand of the guy who's coming and he just like completely gets uh yeah left hanging mm-hmm. and they take prior away and so they start to you know ha- have him cross yes but before he crosses he able tells um jim that he, he left a painting for him and he hopes it'll mean something to him
0: so they do the exchange mm-hmm Abel is put in the back seat. Mm-hmm. He's not embraced.
1: Mm-mm. But uh, Powers is you know, embraced by Jesse Plemons. And again, it's to show that contrast of the Soviet mindset versus the, the US mindset.
0: Yes, but the contrast doesn't last that long. So, <laughs> so yes, they hug him, but then when they all go their ways, they uh-huh. get on a plane. The plane is like a kind of crappy plane <laughs> and all the CIA guys are giving Powers a cold shoulder. Even mm. though he says I gave them nothing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't seem to help.
1: No, yeah. yeah, and also Powers thanks Agent, mm-hmm. and because an Agent takes whole credit for setting this whole thing up.
0: Of course, and, of course, he does.
1: And Jim's, uh, you know, Donovan's ne- sitting next to Powers, like doesn't really react to it. But I'm like, wow, if if I was the one, <laughs> I would feel a little incensed about that.
0: Especially since you sort of established earlier to be like a guy who kind of thrives on attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, he gets he gets back home.
1: Oh, well, has, well, 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 not back then, home.
0: No. No, sorry, not back home. He he gets his painting of himself
1: mm-hmm. on the he, plane. So that was a very nice painting.
0: Yeah, he did a good job.
1: Yeah. And, but then he gets home. Yeah. Yes. And his wife is out there greeting him and
0: mm-hmm.
1: as and she, you know, he shows her the jam which I didn't get she saw a price tag on it, but I don't know where the price tag. If it no. was from,
0: yeah, she's like, "Oh, this is from the shop on the corner. You're supposed to get marmalade from me. on am dead." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, uh, I forgot."
1: Okay, I, I didn't catch it. it was on the court, the shop on the corner. I thought oh, it was a yeah, different yeah. shop in London, or if it was, mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't the shop she was supposed to get it from. But
0: yeah, well then it's like, oh geez, is she gonna like see through his web of lies <laughs> because of marmalade? Mm-hmm. And
1: then one of the kids Calls you know, calls the mom and says Mom you gotta come see this And on the TV there's a news report about Powers and Abel mm-hmm. And the report reveals that Donovan Was involved in securing their release Which is like ridiculous
0: course, I can't believe they would say that on the news <laughs> Well I feel like They
1: owe him one After you know making everyone publicly revile him
0: No I disagree <laughs> They didn't make everybody revile him He volunteered
1: did he, though?
0: It was, didn't well, it was a, it. a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> all right, all right. That's right. fair enough. Well, and then the part where the newscaster was like, we would like to thank Donovan. Thank <laughs> him. You're so great. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's true. I thought it was ridiculous.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But he's gone. He's not even watching it with his, no, his family.
1: His wife goes to find him, and he's upstairs, passed out in the bed, still wearing his suit.
0: His picture's in the paper again, but this time for a positive reason. Mm-hmm. The same As woman people, on the train. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes. Starts to reconsider him. Like, oh, maybe he's not such so a bad guy. And he's looking out the window on the train. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Brooklyn and, you know, how different it looks than East Berlin. And then he sees some kids climbing over a fence and gets flashbacks of, you know, the wall.
0: Right. And it's like, thank goodness we don't live in East Germany. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the big takeaway from the scene.
1: <laughs> and with that, the movie ends. And we get some... Uh, over the, before the credits, we get some details about what happened to everyone. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Abel was reunited with his actual wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. We find out what happened to: uh,
0: to Powers crashed, and yeah. was killed in 1975.
1: in a plane in a hotel, helicopter crash, working for a news channel.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And Pryor went on to become a professor:
1: Yeah, working at uh, Swarthmore.
0: Mm-hmm. And and Donovan negotiated the release of almost ten thousand people from Cuba. After, after the, the big, so it's pretty impressive. And then, of course, the quote I have about the credits: is directed by Steven Spielberg, again written by Cohen Brothers, among mm-hmm. other people.
1: Uh, and that is the end of the movie.
0: <laughs> nice happy ending for mm-hmm. just about everybody, except for Powers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so should we get into our spy fact for spy fiction?
0: Okay, so my source is Bridge of Spies, A True Story of the Cold War by Giles Whittle.
1: And I'm going to stop you with one second, because I believe the movie is not actually based on this book.
0: Really? That would explain a lot.
1: (laughs) So this, it was based on another book, which...
0: I should have read that one, then.
1: (laughs) Strangers on a Bridge. The case of Col- Colonel Abel and Francis Gary Powers.
0: Okay, so it had this the same subject matter. Yes. Okay, well, that makes sense because the movie is very different from the book. For example, Donovan is really not the character in the book. It's mostly the backstories of Abel and Powers.
1: Ah, well, that, I mean, because I feel like we got a lot of Donovan in the movie, so we don't necessarily need to know more about him.
0: Okay, so here we go. So first of all, Abel, one of his handlers was Victor Abumov, who founded Smersh way smirsch really yes, which for those of you who are not familiar translates to death to spies and it was well, like the...
1: it was an acronym for it, Spionum is death to spies." okay it is yes. so smirsch in the original james bond novel especially in casino royale and i believe live and, live and die and is the antagonist for james bond before they got replaced by specter as the antagonist oh yeah. So I,
0: I thought they were just where he got the idea for... for
1: they spying. were actually in uh, in the early novels.
0: Uh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So the movie drops a whole subplot with hey Hanan, who is another Soviet spy, uh-huh. who is a key figure in how they were able to capture Abel. Oh, okay. So in May 1957, he'd been in the country for five years, and he... Didn't want to be a spy anymore. Mm-hmm. He had no idea what he was doing. So he just he just gave up, basically. And he provided them with, with all the information they needed to know to mm-hmm. capture Abel. Mm-hmm. And, quote, he was so terrified of testifying w- during the trial mm-hmm. that he did so in disguise, but even the disguise was somehow pathetic. He wore <laughs> dark glasses and dyed his white hair and grew a mustache. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Donovan, the, the actual person, Donovan, described him as the most bumbling, self-defeating, inefficient spy that any country ever sent on any conceivable mission. <laughs> he was caught because Hey Hanan just told him where he was and he didn't escape because he was like, well, if my one cover was blown, then maybe all of them were. Now I'm uh-huh. more likely to get caught if I try to leave the country. So he went to a hotel room, not uh-huh. his apartment. The uh- KGB was going to give him a new passport there, but they just didn't do it either because they didn't want to or because they weren't able to. And that's okay. why he was arrested.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I think they did call out that that is his, that is a hotel room. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: It looked or... like an apartment to me.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. So the the hollow nickel. you so remember the hollow yeah. nickel? Mm-hmm. He lost it. What? <laughs> yes. And it was found by 14-year-old James Bozart. He found <laughs> it, opened it, and found, like, some stuff inside of it. Uh huh. They took it to the FBI, but only Heyman was able to give them the information they needed to, to like decode it mm-hmm. and figure out what was going on with it.
2: <laughs>
0: so, okay, you think Heyman was bad? Here's something the movie left out completely: okay. Abel was not a competent or effective spy. Oh, <laughs> he, was the, he was the most senior Soviet spy in North America. Okay, his mission was to rebuild the spy network gain access to military installations, warehouses, to figure out how quickly American reinforcements could, could, could get to Europe if okay. they were to go to war. He just didn't do it. He just read the papers.
2: <laughs> All he,
0: right. he, he got information from the newspapers, but he didn't do any actual spying. Quote, there is no evidence that Fisher recruited any useful agents who have not yet been identified identified or transmitted any significant intelligence collected by those who have been. <laughs> Which is why, wow. in the, which is why, in the movie, when they're like, "We gotta kill him! We gotta kill him!" It just
1: seems out of right. Yeah.
0: Well, you could sort of see why they were lenient. Not that mm-hmm. people would really know one way or the other until later. True. But it, it, it shows how ridiculous kind of the whole thing is. By the way, the book is written with this like kind of sarcastic, cynical tone. Where it feels <laughs> like it's like making fun of all the characters. Ooh, all right. So that's interesting. Hmm. So when Abel was arrested, he was actually naked, not wearing his underwear. Allowed him to put on underwear later. All right. And he was arrested under pretension of being an illegal alien spy. So they they touch on that a little Uh, bit in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is why that there was basically, they didn't have a warrant to search him.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. That's why there was some legalese stuff that didn't work. He did destroy an incriminating piece of paper while pretending to clean it, but it wasn't (laughs) the one from the nickel; It was something Uh, else. Okay. Donovan did endure, quote, a torrent of abuse, but his house wasn't shot at.
1: That's, uh, that's what? Oh, that—that that was made up. Ah.
0: Well, put it this way: you know how it is with these five factors in fiction. It's not in the book. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. But not I feel true. like if it did happen, they—they they probably would have mentioned.
1: cover it, it. I mean, yeah, it's—it's supposed probably just like to, rather than you know have all these different things which happened to him, they just mm-hmm. condense it to one thing and make intensify it. Yeah, that's—it's a thing the movies do.
0: Okay. So here's something really interesting. It's not a movie mm-hmm. at all. Okay. It's the whole. Cold War context mm-hmm. of powers trips. Okay. Okay, so Sputnik launches, and everyone's worried about Sputnik being launched because if you can launch Sputnik, you can launch a nuclear missile. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're like, we got to find out how many missiles they have, where they are, how long it takes to get to get them mm-hmm. to go. Eisenhower, in his speech about the military-industrial complex, is mm-hmm. very skeptical that an arms race is necessary. <sighs> people in the military and the CIA and JFK Uh are all pro-missile gap. We need more missiles. All right. So Eisenhower and Khrushchev are looking to do a meeting with like a disarmament agreement. Mm -hmm. So if powers had gone and was successful, he would have found out that the grand total of Soviet ICBMs was four. Four? At this time? Four missiles. Wow. Whereas the U.S. had like a couple hundred, I think. Yeah. So uh-huh. there was no missile gap, no need to be worried. Eisenhower and Khrushchev could have met. Everything would have been great.
1: It would have changed the entire... Yeah. Like, would the Cuban Missile Crisis happen as it as it did? I don't know. Wow.
0: Okay, ready to go even deeper? That's why sure. some, people, some people think it was a conspiracy. <laughs> yes.
1: So that someone tipped off about powers... So he could get shot down. Right. Wow. That is insane.
0: I mean, I don't know all the details about the conspiracy theory. It's just that yeah. it mentioned it and it keeps going for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. But the fact that that, yeah, if they had happened, if that had happened, if the flight was successful. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's that's
1: something you, they don't that you don't you don't hear about. You just hear that he was kept, cap- you know, he was captured. He was exchanged. Mm-hmm. That the, he didn't destroy the plane. He didn't, you know.
0: It was really embarrassing for yeah. the US and especially for Eisenhower, who prided himself on being like a straight talker.
2: He <laughs> wow. wasn't big
0: on deception.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, so moving on, the families were heavily involved. All right. So, Francis Gary Powers' wife, Barbara,
2: mm-hmm.
0: her trials and tribulations, of which there are many, feature mm-hmm. prominently in the book. Hmm. She was there at his trial in the USSR. Oh, wow. Part of the effort to bring him home, even though their marriage was already falling apart. Uh huh. She reminded me a lot of Tom Cruise's wife in America. <laughs> yeah. All right. She knows her husband's doing something questionable hmm. while flying. Doesn't like it, but can't do very much about it. Huh. She went her way. She like forced her way to Athens because she thought he was working there. Uh-huh. And after the trial, she went to see him and they had a conjugal visit in a Soviet prison, which I will spare you the details. About. <laughs> and It was Oliver Powers, his father, who first came up with the idea of swapping for Powers.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: The actual downing. There were other Soviet planes in the area. A Soviet pilot named Mentyukov was flying a plane called an Su-9 within range Uh when they first found him. General Hmm. Yuri Vovk told him to destroy it. They mentioned it in the the movie that the U-2 is not fast. Right. But it flies high so no Mm -hmm. one will be able to reach it. But an SU-9 can. Oh. It can fly high enough and it's fast enough. But the issue is it doesn't have weapons. Ah. Uh. So Vav says, your mission is to intercept the target and ram it. That what? is in order.
1: Prepare for ramming speed? Wow. Yes. That is intense.
0: Yes. I know. But the thing is, he messed up. He couldn't find it. Like, they were going too uh-huh. fast. He couldn't see the U-2. So he missed it. Three missiles were supposed to fire like in the movie, but only one did. Oh, huh. If all three had gone and all uh-huh. three had connected, Powers definitely would have been dead. Yeah. Wow. As predicted. The Soviets also fired two on two of their own MiGs down in one. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So when Powers was found guilty in the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. his father was also there, Powers' father. Yeah. And then when his lawyer asked for 15 years instead of the death penalty, Mm-hmm. Oliver Powers stood up and shouted, Give me 15 years here. I'd rather get death. <laughs> and everyone's like, shut up, Dad. Wow. But Powers ended up getting 10 years, and just like in the movie, everyone stood up. In a, uh, so
1: here's my question. Because okay. in, the, in the movie, they say he gets 10 years, three of which be served in prison. So where are the other seven years served?
0: I'm glad you asked that. Okay. The, the Soviets who were like, in the know yeah. knows that in prison means in prison, and the rest means in a labor camp.
1: Oh, oh no!
0: Yeah, it's probably a lot worse. But yeah. I'm glad that you brought up his treatment Okay. he was not tortured. Okay. In fact, quote: "He was treated better than he dared hope." Huh. There's a part where he talks about going to see, watch movies. Mm-hmm. When he was exchanged at the bridge, he brought a rug with him that he like made while in <laughs> prison. Wow, Donovan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A little bit about Donovan. First of all, he wasn't mugged, and his, oh. his, his mission is, like, the last 10% of the book. <laughs> he, he took the job to do the exchange because he was interested in becoming a New York senator and wanted something high profile. Interesting. So a little bit more of a mercenary goal <laughs> than the movie would imply. Right. And Vogel is, like, character assassinated in the movie, okay? <laughs> okay. He is not – I did not get the impression from the book that he's, a bat, like, a bad guy. He okay. used to work in the West and came over to the East in order to be a lawyer and to help people fight the huh. system. All right. And the priors enlisted his help to get their son released. so, uh, so
1: he was actually representing prior.
0: Yeah, but and he so he like he served as, a, as an intermediary. He wasn't like a piece of the regime, but right. he's depicted in the movie.
1: Uh, I mean, I think you're maybe a little harsh on that. I think uh-huh. I think what's his face? Ott was definitely appreciated that but i think Volgo was a little more mm-hmm. i mean he was like donovan is how i like his opposite number
0: yeah but the, the movie he seems like sinister mm. oh also the part with the speeding car that's not true either oh
1: did he get detained
0: if he did it was very very brief okay like it didn't even stand out to me while reading it and okay, okay. just a few more things so on the bridge a soviet bomber flew over it at one point like, like buzzed it. Oh, jeez. When Powers came over, Jesse Plummer's character asked him a couple questions to confirm his identity. Mm-hmm. They asked him, what's the name of your high school football coach? Because he played yeah. football. He didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kind of a scary idea. Yeah. But then they asked him his dog's name, which was Eric Von Lichtenberg or something, something German. And he did remember that. All right. They did the exchange, but then didn't leave until they heard from Proctor.
1: So that's a little bit different. Okay.
0: And then on the plane, they were nice to Powers. They okay. said he ate a steak, salad, Ooh. potato, drank a martini. martini. He, was exoner- he was exonerated in the Senate. All was, right. The reason, for the, the reason why he died in that plane crash okay, uh-huh. 5, was because he'd been working on that plane. The plane had a known mistake where uh-huh. the gauge would say empty
1: when uh-huh. it wasn't. Oh. But
0: then some mechanics fixed it and didn't tell Forgot to tell Powers about it. Oh, no. So he ran out of fuel and crashed. Oh, jeez. I know. A really stupid death. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Abel, on the other hand, was revered by the king. They thought uh, he was okay. great. But he's too uh, high profile to be, a, to be a spy anymore. Yeah. So he gave speeches. He lectured school children. How awesome spy work is. Yada, <laughs> yada, yada. And okay. Then, and then died of lung cancer in 1971. Oh, uh, Okay. The last is the wreckage of Powers' plane is still on display in the National Museum in Russia.
1: I've heard that they never returned the uh, wreckage and it yep. was on display, but I didn't know where exactly. Wow.
0: And then two other pilots would survive you 2 crash later on. Hmm. All right. So that is it for Spy Fact versus Fiction. It's now time for favorite quotes. All right.
1: Do you have yours?
0: I do. You're doing it for your country. Your country just doesn't know it yet. <laughs>
1: All right. My favorite quote is, we needed to get off this merry-go-round, sir. The next mistake our countries make could be the last one. We need to have the conversation our governments can't.
0: Yeah, I think that encapsulates the movie pretty well.
1: Yeah. Also, unless I'm forgetting something, their next mistake or almost mistake was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, unless you count the Bay of Pigs.
0: Well, no, I would not count the Bay Mm -hmm. of Pigs. That doesn't bring the world to the edge of nuclear war. No, no. Yeah, And I, I have a feeling that line was probably written with the Q. Oh,
1: yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So let's go into our ratings.
0: Yeah, so ratings, as always, is on a scale of one to ten martinis. Francis Gary Powers' martini does not count as one of them. <laughs> one being the worst spy movie you've ever seen. Ten being the greatest, really knocked your socks off. So what did you think of Bridge of Spies?
1: I'm going to give it a solid seven. Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's in terms of spy movies, it's only the last half that's really a spy movie. As we as we mentioned a lot, the the first half is really more of a legal procedure, but I did like how at least we start with your your some spycraft with a dead drop. I I really liked just the dead the dead drop and then him very sneakily, even if it's not true to life. Well, I guess it was. It just details were a little change of him sneakily uh destroying the piece of paper and then mm-hmm. all the spycraft that they kind of put Donovan through in terms of, all right, he has to memorize stuff. He has to try to get through places. And yeah, so I liked it.
0: I see. I did not like it as much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will give this a four out of 10. Martina, ooh, and here's ouch. why. Okay. All right. I've been trying to reset the scale where five is average. Uh huh. And to me, this was, movie was pretty average all on right. a slightly lower side. I didn't understand what kind of movie it was trying to be. Is it mm-hmm. like a, a legal drama? Is it a comedy? It's not really a spy movie in the conventional sense though so although spies are there, is it like a tense negotiation? So movies, I know the movie's based on real life. this is hard to do, but it feels like it should be, there should be an arc. Like you should feel like we're, you're going somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With this one, stuff just sort of happened. Mm. In the first half and then in the second half it's like okay you have a clear goal you're trying to negotiate this exchange but then it's just the same conversations over and over and over mm-hmm. i guess i just expected better from steven spielberg tom hanks and the cohen brothers mm-hmm. tom hanks carries the movie on his shoulders entirely
1: yeah i could say that like other than Abel, there's no mm-hmm. real other real and sort to disappear for the first for the second half of the movie well, thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media at The Spy, Spy Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Christian.
0: And I'm Zach.
1: And we are The Spy, Spy Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to The Spy, Spy Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin Buffalo from Incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
0: This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.
1: You can find our podcast on social media at Spy-Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.